Hi, this is Dr. Josh Herwick, the lead pastor here at First Baptist Church to Queen. Uh, and this is a very special teaching, a very special opportunity we're posting, we're, we're posting online on our YouTube channel as well as on our podcast. Um, this past Sunday was supposed to be part two in our uh, series called Operating Room as we look uh, verse by verse through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaching uh, his followers how to be disciples of his. But we had a special uh, Sunday in our church where we talked about using our own giftedness to accomplish our assignments. And if you haven't had a chance to check that out, it's uh, it's a great scripture from Acts chapter 6. Um, it's on our podcast. It's on our YouTube channel here. Uh, it's also on our Facebook. Uh, we talked about how to accomplish the assignment God's giving to each of us individually, not taking from somebody else's assignment, but using our specific giftedness, growing that giftedness, and using it to glorify God in our assignment. And then we took a moment at the end of our service, really longer than a moment, and we took uh, our new crop of deacons that have been ordained, and we commissioned them to accomplish their assignment. It was a great moment of... Um, of glorification to God to see uh, these individuals step into what God has for them as well as what God has for our church. Um, and so in regards to that, this past Sunday uh, was going to be part two of our operating room series. Um, but instead of, of that, we uh, spoke on Acts chapter 6 and accomplishing your assignment. So we are going to take the sermon that was going to be preached on that day, that teaching, and divide it up, chop it up into several different components and put it out digitally and then continue uh, the following week, next Sunday, with part three uh, of our series uh, called Operating Room in the Sermon on the Mount. Well, uh, this first section of uh, part two of Operating Room series uh, we're looking in Matthew chapter uh, 5, starting in verse 27. Now, Jesus is giving this teaching, and he's kind of in a pattern of how he presents his teaching here in Matthew chapter 5. Now, in verse 27, Jesus says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, the pattern that Jesus is using, that he uses consistently, is he, he starts saying, you have, said, or you have heard that it was said this way, but I say to you this. Now, he's not necessarily presenting a new form of teaching. He, he's presenting a teaching as the original intention of the Jewish scriptures. Uh, that was taken and and presented in a way uh, to be burdensome on the people instead of being freeing for the people, pointing them to their desperate need for a Savior who would ultimately be realized in Jesus himself. And so Jesus says, you have heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Then he says, but I say to you. Now there's an emphasis here in the original language that Jesus is using, the original language that is written down in, um, where the, the word, when he says, I say to you, uh, that that word I, uh, you know, the um, first person pronoun in the original language is a separate word, where more often than not, when it's a word like that, a pronoun, it's a part of the verb. Uh, in the original language. But Jesus separates it here to bring emphasis that he, he has the authority 
to comment on this particular law, this particular scripture. He's saying, I say to you, he's saying, I have the authority and uh, I have not just the responsibility, but really I am the only one who is able to speak to this because these original scriptures came from me. So he says, I say to you, and then he gets to the root of the issue that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, he's using very similar language that's used throughout the Jewish scriptures. When God would speak about the uh, Israel's um, uh, a spiritual condition, they would, as God would say, commit spiritual adultery when they would chase after other gods. And God would get down right down to the root of it. Yes, there were actions involved and their actual bowing down to these, these idols, these fake gods, uh, but it began in their hearts. And that's the way God would speak about it in the Jewish scriptures. And so Jesus is drawing on that same language, that same idea <clears throat> here in talking about this. And he's saying the idea of this adultery, it doesn't begin with the action. It begins with the heart. It's a heart issue, which is kind of a running theme that he uses in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. In in the previous passage of Scripture, immediately preceding this, he's talking about anger. And in talking about anger, he says, really, it begins in the heart before you do anything about it. And so here with lust, he's saying the same thing. It begins with the heart. It's a heart issue. It's a heart condition that can lead to more sins, but that is where it begins. It begins in the heart with... um, how it's imagined and how it's acted upon and motivation in different actions and in different words, uh, that it, 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 it's a sin of the heart and motivation before it is practiced out physically. <clears throat> and so it, uh, um, special measures need to be taken to set us up for success. And that's where he goes with the next passage of Scripture or the next few verses that tie directly into this and speaking uh, uh, about a man who, or a person who has lust in his heart. Uh, Verse 29, Jesus says, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one member than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Now, right off the bat, Jesus is using an illustration, an extreme illustration, to demonstrate his point. He's not saying you need to pop out your eye and cut off your hand. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you do need to um, set yourself up in certain ways, certain areas, sometimes to the extreme, to um, help you be successful in life, um, to purify your heart. Uh, And so if that means cutting something out of your life, that means cutting it out. And so in a modern context, what that would look like is if you're struggling with this and with what you look at on your phone, that means maybe you need to go to a dumb phone. Maybe you need to take your smartphone. You need to pull up Craigslist right now on your smartphone and you need to sell that thing because it is leading you to sin. And don't go back to it. Some of you ever is the idea he's talking about or at least until you have built up the discipline, uh, enough strength in the discipline um, in this particular area. He's saying, so if, it, if this causes you to sin, cut it out completely. Like, cut cable, 
right? Cut uh, anything and everything that leads you down that path. Cut social media if it's leading you to sin, whether it's lust or, or whether it's envy or, or whether it's anxiety because of the articles you read that other people post or the political things that are there and it, it's making you into somebody you don't want to be that God doesn't want you to be, then cut it. Cut it completely out. That's the idea behind what he's saying when he says, uh, pop out your eye and cut off your hand. He's saying if something is leading you to sin, you've got to get it out by any means necessary. Even, even, you ready? Even one of your friends. Maybe that friend is causing you to be more negative. That friend is causing you great anxiety. And you may need to take a break for a little while. That doesn't mean give you some of you permission. All right. Boom, divorce is on the table here. We're going to talk about that in the next video. But uh, to say, because this person's causing me great anxiety and great negativity. Now you made a commitment. But this means, okay, well, I may need to take a step back and, and, and really focus on prayer and scripture for a season and still pray for that individual. But if that person's leading you down that path, you know what? I know some of you. I've been in some of these situations. Maybe some of you need to get a new small group at your church because it's become toxic to your spirit. This is not a fun thing to think about because it, it means changing a lot of things we've grown comfortable with. I knew a guy uh, of a guy. I heard he was a preacher. And I've never met him, uh, but I heard him give this illustration one time in a sermon that there was one time that uh, he was watching a basketball game. And in watching the basketball game, it was time for one of his daughters to go to bed. And she came in and asked him to come tuck her in and tell her a story. And he said, I'll be in there just a minute. Go ahead and go lay down. I'll be in there just a minute. I'm going to finish the half. There's like, you know, four minutes left in the half of the basketball game. And she went in and laid down. Um, he said later he, he could just remember seeing out of his peripheral vision, she kind of went in there, you know, a little hunched shoulders, dejected a little bit. Um, and so what he did is he, before the half was over of the game, he turned the TV off, went in there, tucked her in, gave her a story, came back in the other room, immediately called the cable company and canceled cable. He said, because if even the basketball game is going to distract him so much that it negatively affects how he parents, he doesn't need it in his life. For me, that was personally dramatically convicting. But that's what Jesus is talking about. If there's something that negatively impacts your life as a follower of Jesus, it's not worth having in your life. It's not. Now, there's some essentials we gotta have, we have to have in our life, and, and we need to seek to be lighthouses in those dark places. But if it is such a thing, like cable, like um, 24-hour news channels, like politics, like social media, um, like certain shows we stream, maybe you need to cancel that streaming service. Uh, he says, but if that's leading you towards sin, if that's leading you towards a life that is, is not 
God's perfect ideal, then you probably need to cut that deal out. And so that's what Jesus is saying here in Matthew uh, chapter 5, uh, 27 through 30, that in this particular instance with adultery and lust, that if something is leading you towards that, you need to cut it. If going to the gym makes you lust, then cut it. If flipping through Instagram makes you do that, cut it. Um, being ruthless in what we cut so that we can be the men and women of God that God designed us to be before we were born. And, and Jesus, in, in speaking this Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, you know, this is what a disciple of Christ looks like. This is what it looks like. Yeah, it's hard. It's not easy. And, and, and you're not going to be, you know, absolutely perfect. He's not demanding perfection. He, he's, what he does throughout his teaching and life is he guides us in progress, knowing we won't be perfect until heaven is attained. But he brings us, makes us progress so that we're better today than we were yesterday. We're closer to him today than we were yesterday. That's the whole idea. And so if something is preventing us from getting closer to God in our relationship with God, then we need to cut that thing out. And so my prayer for you would be a self-awareness. This is a constant prayer for me, is, is a self-awareness about the things I allow to influence me. And so the prayer would be for you, what are the things in your life that you are allowing in, that you are ingesting, that you are allowing to influence the kind of person you are and the kind of person you're becoming. And so take, take a look at that and see what that looks like. And in the next video, um, the, I guess part two of part two of our operating room series, looking at the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to look at the next, actually next two verses in this uh, section from Matthew chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, um, and see what Jesus is saying when he's talking about divorce. So check out that next video. Check out the next version of this podcast. Subscribe either on YouTube or on uh, any of your podcasting apps from uh, Apple to Google to Spotify and do all of them. <laughs> do all of them. It helps us out. And I will catch you in that next uh, installment of uh, the Sermon on the Mount.